So I want to share a little bit of uh, kind of the things in the vineyard. I think it's kind of fun. Back in 1987, I don't even remember the songwriter's name, but there was a song that became really popular within the vineyard and then got bigger than the vineyard. And even if you look today, other songwriters still are singing the song. It's called More Love, More Power. More love, more power, more of you in my life. More love, more... Remember that? You know, we, we would sing that. Well, I've kind of fast forward from 1987 to 2016. We're now singing a new song. And that song is G-U. You, my Jesus, my strength, my fortress, my hope and purpose. You are all this and more and more and more. So from almost the inception of the Vineyard Movement to today, almost today, I'm stretching the dates a little bit, there is this theme that uh, comes through the, the message of our worship more and more and more. And um, that's what I want us to uh, just explore today out of Colossians 3. A life shaped by, by God is a life that is hungry for more. Hungry for more. Now, that phrase, more, I mean, that can really be misunderstood. You know, sometimes when we say that, um, the vineyard as a movement has been criticized. Well, you already got what you need. What do you mean asking for more? Well, it's, it's not that we're asking for, for more of God because, yeah, God has made himself known to all of us that we would give more of ourselves to God, that we would invite the Holy Spirit into all of our lives. We all know that we kind of segment our lives and, and part of discipleship is slowly but surely turning everything over. But again, we're, we try to be honest. Uh, there, there are things in our lives that are not yet given over to the rule of Jesus. So when, when I say more, that I'm really, I want the Holy Spirit to take more of me. I've also been in situations the, the first time or second time, really early in our and kind of our moving into the vineyard movement, I visited a friend of the hospital that had cancer. And uh, as he laid there, he had uh, tumors in his abdomen. And uh, he said, well, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, I'll pray for you. And I did what I you know, what I knew to do. And I bowed my head and I started to pray and he stopped me. He said, no, I need you to pray for me like Jesus prayed for the sick. I need you to lay your hands on me and pray. And so I, that I, well, I wasn't from a, I wasn't brought up to do that, but here is my friend. And so Adam's my friend. He took my hand and he placed it on his abdomen and I started praying. And as I prayed, I had this sensation of being overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. My hands began to burn. Uh, I learned later that many times when you pray for the sick, that your hands will burn. It's th- it is, there is this power of God. And I, re- I realized in that as my friend moved my hand around his abdomen, I realized, God, I need I need more of your power to work through me. 
for the sake of this person. This, this, this prayer for healing for my friend, it's not, it's not for me. It's not to make me more powerful or make me more spiritual. Oh God, I, I want whatever, whatever it takes for your, your healing presence and power to work through me. More God, more, more, because my friend's really in need. Happened the same with a friend with a brain tumor. You know, and, and again, again, didn't bring my friends with their cancer, their brain tumor, said, okay, we're going to set them up here on the stage and we're going to, you know, make it. We're not going to do that. This is very private places. But my friend would ask me over with his brain tumor. He said, would you pray for me? And again, just the reality of, gosh, God, I'm praying for a friend of mine that's passing with a brain tumor. But when, when I laid my hands on his head, again, just enveloped, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, and my friend, my both of my friends suffering from cancer, they both had relief. In the, in that time of prayer, there was relief, and I knew, oh God, more, God, more, more, more of Your love. You know, give me more compassion for these friends of mine that are fa- their health is failing. They both of them did die. Both of them died. They were not delivered in that moment from their cancer. But they did have comfort in that. More, more, Lord, I need more of your power. I need more of your love working through me for the sake of the people that I love. I've also been in a situation where I've, where I've stared injustice in the face. And I've realized, oh, God... You know, more, more of your love, more of your power. It's really, it's really hard. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons that Steve and Mary Ann and Susan and I and others, one of the we want you to go to the Middle East with us is because if you don't go and you don't see it, you don't know what it is. And we can theologize all day long about who's right and who's wrong, but until you're there, and you're walking through a checkpoint. And that checkpoint is manned by teenage Israeli boys and girls. And you look in their face and their eyes are dead. Dead. When you treat people unjustly, it kills your soul. I was standing in a checkpoint in Hebron. Again, just this place of tremendous animosity you've got the tomb of Abraham one side of it is a mosque the other side of it is a synagogue you've got Hebron 99% of the city is is Muslim the other part is settlers that moved in above the old city in a, in a settlement who are, who are protected by I think 2500 uh, Israeli soldiers and there's a, just this maze of security that you have to go through. And as I was standing there, there was soldiers with their weapons out. And I noticed this Palestinian woman who would have been Muslim. She was covered with a hijab. She came through the checkpoint and I noticed the soldier take his weapon and pivot it and point right at her. And I'm looking at this guy. I mean, and I, there was, we made eye contact. And all, what I'm saying is, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
Now, I know there have been those instances where tragic things have happened, but not all the time. And that was a really frightening situation to be in. And I realized, Lord, I need more love. Lord, I need more power. Now, how do you look into the face of something that's really evil, but to do that with love? They want that to be redeemed. How can this woman that's trying to come through this turnstile and this soldier, how can they both be saved in the name of Jesus? I need more love. I need more power. A life that is shaped by God is a life that is hungry for more. I think that all of us recognize and realize that if we are truly going to follow Jesus, we're truly going to learn what Jesus wants us to learn, and we're truly going to put it into practice, we need more. I mean, none of us would say, hey, I got this down. All of us know that in a variety of ways we fall short, but there's always mercy. But all of that is meant to, in that correction of who we are, it's meant to bring us to a place of saying, we're hungry. We're hungry for more. Hungry for more. We need more, Lord. We're not yet there. We don't have everything we need to follow in your footsteps, but we want to. Don't we want to? We want to. We want to. We want to be met. We want to be shaped Informed to be like Jesus. More, Lord. Well, hungry for more, is, it comes right out of the message translation in, in Colossians. Would you join me there and let's read this passage together. Verse 5 through 8. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous In you now, as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love has been worked into your lives by the Holy Spirit. So just ponder that. Reread that. We have have time this morning. Just reread that. What are the statements in there about more? I want to go backwards from the end to the beginning. Epaphras told Paul how thoroughly, how more... (laughs) More love worked into your lives by the Holy Spirit. So there was this love 
that started and grew among those that were following Jesus in this church in Colossae. The vigor. Vigor is enthusiasm. The enthusiasm that you had about this message. This message is the life-changing message. This is the world-changing message. When you first heard about it, you were enthusiastic about it, and you have remained enthusiastic about it. There's more vigor. More through and through knowledge. More of a complete knowledge of what God is doing. What? God, what are you doing in Colossae? What are you doing in our city? God, what are you doing in our region? God, what are you doing in the world? Give us more understanding. Let our understanding of who you are and what you're doing, let that become more. More. More fruit from the message. This, this, this message has taken root and it's producing fruit and it's, it's more and more and more fruit. Again, you could go down the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, I mentioned earlier about my impatience, about the rain coming. Obviously, I need more patience. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control. Can, I mean, could any of us say, you know, I've got, I've got my full fruit. Man, I am, I'm as fruitful as I need to be. No, we're, we're not. But we need the more. Holy Spirit, this is your fruit that you produce in my life. I need you to have more of me so that you can produce more of your fruit through me. And us together is more fruit. More, notice, larger, stronger impact of the message. I mean, I know, I mean, I described the situation, a tense moment uh, in Hebron. And as I'm looking around, I'm thinking the message of Jesus has not reached this spot. There are times I get really discouraged, not just in Hebron, but here. Larger, stronger. But you remember the prophecy about the government shall be upon his shoulder? And once the government is upon his shoulder and it's upon the earth, it what? Remember, Christmas is coming. You got to remember. It increases. So again, whether it is as visible as what we would like, the truth of the matter is these believers at Colossae, they saw that there was more impact of the message. It's more, it's larger, stronger, more the message of truth that does not diminish or weaken. Now ponder that for a moment. Message of truth that does not diminish or weaken. The message that is not only in Colossae, Asia Minor, Jerusalem, but it's now all over the world. More 
the message that came to you, which you heard before you received it. More, more people getting the message before they've yet received it. So there's a lot of more, a lot of hunger for more that comes out of that very short passage. And what I'm hoping is it begin to stoke a hunger within us. You know, are we hungry? Hungry for the love that we have for one another, for the love that we have for God, for the love that we have for the people around us. Do we want the Holy Spirit to continue to work that love thoroughly in our lives? Come, Holy Spirit, more, more love. You know, are we as enthusiastic about the message as when we first heard it? It's hard to maintain that. How curious are we? Well, God, what are you up to? And why are all these people moving to the counties that are around us? You know, why are three of the five fastest growing counties... Kendall, Comal, and Hayes. My directions are off. What's happening? I mean, what's God up to? Do we have, do we want more revelation about that? Oh, God, what what are you doing? I'm curious about what you're doing. When When I read that about the message, larger, stronger, a message of truth that does not is not diminished or weakened. Man, I would I would I would say that when if you listen to any news or read any news, you would think that the message of Jesus has been diminished and weakened. I mean that I think our tendency would say, oh no, yeah. But it hasn't. The truth of the message is not weakened or diminished. So we can't buy into that. That's not true. And it continues to impact the world in ways that some we know and some we don't. More, Lord. Give us more. So what do we have going for us? Well, one, the hunger for more is something that's been resident within the vineyard movement since its beginning. It's just been a collection of people that have been hungry for God more, Lord. I mean, that was even for a season. That was, that was ministry time. That was the prayer. More, Lord. More. I mean, that's it. That's it. That's, that, that's all. The, that's it. More, Lord. And you know what? The Holy Spirit answered that prayer. And in incredible ways that changed people's lives. More love. More power. So we've got that going for us. We've got a history of, of signs and wonders that advanced the message. Uh, that, I mean, that's part of our history. So when the Holy Spirit, when there's more, then he begins to demonstrate in pretty visible ways the arrival of his kingdom. My reference to me praying for my friends that, that's a sign. That's a wonder. That's the Holy Spirit. Stand beside your friends. Pray for them. Let the power of God work. 
We also have more and more brand new believers in Jesus. I, sometimes I, I have this one picture that I've saved. Because we haven't had a revival. A revival is when thousands and thousands of people come to faith in Jesus. Or they have this, this renewal. But it's mainly brand new births in Christ. The last time that happened in American history was the Jesus movement, which is the inception, that's the inception of the vineyard. And I've got this photo, I don't, I don't can show you, but and I don't know where they are. I know they're on the Pacific coast, and the whole hillside is covered by hippies. And you know they're hippies because their hair is all long and straggly, and most of the guys don't have their shirts on. And they're all moving into the ocean to be baptized by a guy whose name was Lonnie Frisbee and another guy, Chuck Smith. Thousands, thousands of people came to faith in Jesus at that revival. It was, again, it was the movement of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing, no one just said, okay, we're going to have a revival this week. The Holy Spirit just did something incredible. In Amarillo, uh, there weren't a lot of hippies. But my, I know that my conversion, my coming to faith in Jesus was connected with that revival movement. 800 kids in a house in Amarillo in Young Life. And, and many of us came to know Jesus at that science, kind of that same time frame. Well, that's the last really true bona fide revival that we've had in America. And the vineyard began at that time. So I, I just feel like we have this heritage of people coming to faith in Jesus. Uh, and it just it, it, it creates this hunger. When I look at that picture, I'm hungry to see people come into relationship with Jesus. So my prayers for us is come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Increase our hunger. I mean, by this point in the morning, you're probably hungry. It's probably a terrible time to talk about hunger. You know, most, most Sunday mornings, I don't get a full breakfast. I just do a little, you know, granola. More coffee than substance. And, you know, then by lunchtime, I'm really hungry. Am I alone? Or is that, like, pretty much where we are? Really glad we're, you have some snacks. That gets us through. But Hungry. Well, we, we do know what hunger is. But it, it just take that, just that little analogy. I get hungry on something. Oh, man, do we have this hunger. Hunger for more. You know, may we grow hungry for the more. Everything that's being described in this letter to the Colossians. Then you could broaden out everything that's in the New Testament, everything that's in the Old Testament, anything that has to do with more being added to our lives. I mean, the Bible is meant not just to be studied and facts stored. It's meant to be lived. So the, every, all the more pouring into our lives, this hunger. Lord, I want to just read this. Lord, I want to experience this. That's super important. I'm hungry 
for this to become our experience. And then the thing that's really growing within me is more and more people coming to faith in Jesus for their very first time. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't know any other way to reconcile. While every, why is everybody coming to New Braunfels? Well, I hope it is to awaken the church. Hey, we got a lot of new neighbors that we can tell, that we can tell our story to. We, we can invite them to come follow Jesus with us. We got lots of people, more than we ever have. I'd love, I mean, when was the last time that any of us you know, watched someone's spiritual birth? There's, it's incredible. I mean, we've seen lots of natural births, and those are great. I'm not knocking that at all. I'm, I'm grateful. But what about new babes in Christ? I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see more and more of the people around me, my neighbors, come to faith in Jesus. Because I know the benefits that come into everybody's life. And then if that begins to happen, as it did in California during the Jesus movement, I mean, the Holy Spirit, as he did in, in Acts, when, when thousands of people start coming to faith, Signs and wonders start happening because it's demonstrating the reality of the kingdom of God coming to the earth. And then even more people respond. So it's just this snowball effect. I'm hungry for that. Hungry for that revival. So Holy Spirit, come. Increase our hunger. Holy Spirit, give us a hunger for, the, for everything that's described in the paragraph in Colossians. Give us the hunger for that to be a reality in our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Increase our hunger for more and more people coming to faith in Jesus. And Holy Spirit, give us a hunger for the signs and the wonders that demonstrate the arrival of your kingdom, which draws more and more into relationship with you, into your kingdom. My friends, a life that's shaped by God is a life that's shaped by hunger, a hunger for more. I pray that the Holy Spirit would really implant that in our lives. Would you like to stand with me for for an ending? Holy Spirit, uh, you're really the only one that can cause... this kind of hunger. So we just wait patiently. And again, we just very simply say, come.
There was something that was said today that was truth for you. Well, maybe not everything I said was truth for you, but there was something that was truth for you. What I want you to do is I just want you to, I want you to grab onto that. Holy Spirit, whatever word of truth was spoken to, into each of our lives, whatever word of truth was spoken into our community, we ask that that would increase. That it would grow larger. That it would extend beyond the boundaries of this room. Beyond our city <laughs> to this world. Holy Spirit, there is at least one truth out of what we have said today that will impact all of our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, come. Bring more. Enlarge that truth. Bring vigor to that truth. Empower that truth. And send us out. Activate that truth in our lives. Make us hungry, Lord, for more. And I'm just curious, if you want to, does, does anybody want to say, this is the truth that I'm, that I'm holding on to? Just can be short, doesn't have to be long. Anybody want to just say, this is it for you? Anyone else? The word is conduit. Conduit? Yeah, because even when you're talking about uh, when you pray for somebody, we're basically the conduit between them and the world, Mm -hmm. whether it's bringing someone to Christ, healing somebody, praying for somebody, any of it, we're the conduit that he uses. Okay. So conduit in electrical terms can be this little tube or we could make it like a cement culvert like this so we would say more let's be conduit like more that that god's presence and his power would flow through us like in an overwhelming way that's great more lord anybody else one more these are encouraging what's stuck with you what what do you What are you going to walk away with and say, yes, Lord, more. Do this. This might not be necessarily encouraging, but um, I just feel like for myself and maybe others that we're not hungry because we're full. Okay. We're gluttonous. You know, things that aren't of the Lord, but we fill up with maybe our schedules or 
feel like it's feeding our soul. Okay. So that was kind of the challenge for me today is God saying, I don't know if there's room for you to be hungry right now. Okay. Good. Thank you. Confession is good. More, more, more honesty. It's a great. I mean, when was the last time you went on a diet and you realized, oh, I'm really hungry? I mean, truthfully, most days I go through, I'm, I eat, but I don't really have that strong sense of hunger because I'm eating all the time. <laughs> I'm a great snacker. So, God, yeah, make us hungry. Again, you know, we can't make each other hungry. We can't make ourselves hungry. Holy Spirit, come. Make us hungry. All right. All right. Hey, Amber, Eric, I'll meet you over here and pray for you if you'd like. Okay. Anybody else wants to stay and pray, we can do that. Rest. Enjoy the rain and keep praying for fall to come.